business and people, your host, Walt Bayless. Let's get this show started. Hi, everyone. This is Walt Bayless and welcome to the Business and People podcast. I'm so thrilled to have a very special guest on the show with us tonight, Keely White. Now, Keely, in addition to creating entrepreneurial businesses from a very young age, has now is now the co-founder of My Exec Team and specializes in team and culture development. She is known as the person who develops the teams, who can create the cultures, and she's outstanding at what she does. She's spoken on stage with in, in conjunction with some big names, including Michelle Bridges, including loads of people at the top of their game. And it is an absolute pleasure to be able to bring Keely White to the Business and People podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thanks. What a great intro. I hope I live up to it. I have no doubt. I have absolutely no doubt. One of the things that really caught my eye, Keely, and thank you so much for, for taking the time to come on the podcast with us. One of the things that caught my eye was that you've been focused on developing teams. And that, of course, is the engine room that drives so many businesses. How did you get into that field? Yeah, I, it's, it's almost like one of those fell into it kind of things. I, I think... If, if, without going too deep into it, but but I think from a very early age, I always really um, was the person bringing home the strays. And by that, I don't mean stray dogs and stray cats. I mean stray people. And my parents were always sort of saying, you really pick the misfits and sort of show them that that's okay, that they do have a place to belong and, and whatever it is. And I think that really speaks to the entrepreneurial world in a way. But I think I've always like looked at people and gone, what's great about them? There's always something. And how do we draw it out of them? Right. And so that was kind of a theme that ran through um, my career from a very young age is I'd always end up being called a mentor to people, particularly girls to begin with. But then as I sort of expanded to men as well and, and um, when I had my own businesses, I'd really developed teams and looked to, to push people higher in their careers. And um, then I just sort of started getting notice for that as I moved up in my career and was, you know, just started to get placed in those roles, even though I didn't really have that experience there. So it was just sort of something I think that came natural. Um, and I love doing it. I love saying to people, there is greatness inside of you and let's find it and let's amplify it, you know. Wow. So, yeah, that, that's, it was kind of just a mistake, I think. Well, it sounds like a mistake that's paying off really well. So I know that you've you've done uh, you've had an amazing career in real estate. You had your own business there, which you exited. Uh, as I mentioned, you started off very young with with entrepreneurial journeys, and you've also worked with uh, Jack Deloisa setting up the Entourage, which is which was a huge project as well. So now with with uh, your your my exec team consulting business, which I think we uh, we mentioned just before we push the record button, people can get in touch with you on Facebook. So it's my exec team consulting on Facebook. That's this, it. This kind of branding that you've put together here. Was there a definitive moment that you said, right, this is what I want to do. This is where I'm, I'm going to focus. Yeah, I think so. I was working with, you know, over the last three years, I've worked with thousands of CEOs and entrepreneurs on, on growing and scaling their businesses. But where I found I was making the biggest impact um, before starting this business was um, either helping them systemize their business. So that was a huge problem. I'm working 80 hours a week. I can't, you know, I started this business for freedom and I don't have it. Um, Or I know if I could just get the business working and operating without me being that linchpin that it would be successful or I'd have more free cash or I could grow it. Um, 
it was either that side or I can't get my people to think like me. I wish my team could think more commercially. And so, um, uh, you know, I know from working in businesses so so frequently and, and all kinds of them that both of those problems actually come down to people management. And so it was kind of born out of that idea and it was really spending time with all of the you know, thousands of CEOs across Australia that I've coached that um, I was finding that that was the specific kind of need that everybody had and wow. they just needed to know how to be good leaders, good people managers, draw the best out of people um, and, and amplify that greatness. And that actually in turn systemized the business, improved culture, you know, and, and, and grew the business because of a result of it. So. Um, yeah, it was a pretty easy kind of decision once I started to see that thread running through all of all of the coaching clients that I was having. And and the feedback was always, you've transformed this business or this has transformed my business or I finally found the key or, you know, and so it was it was a pretty easy decision because of that. Wow, that's amazing. And when you go into a company, Keely, do you do you work with one on one the the owner, the entrepreneur, the director, or are you more kind of in a team executive kind of level? Like, what's your what's your recipe there? The way we've sort of structured the business is to say um, it's almost like you have a general manager for hire. So you get access to a team of executives. So my partner is in the business as well, and he's a real sales and marketing expert, accounting, and really can take care of that side of things where I'm some more of that people people management. Um, and then we have access to other executive level experts in different fields. And so the idea is basically you know, for a small to medium business to have access to almost an executive team. Wow. Um, but instead it's, it's, they're not paying executive level salaries. They don't have to employ a full exec team, which is just, you know, you're competing nice. with corporates, you yeah. know. So um, it was almost like a, we've got access to all the information. Let's find what your business needs and we'll, we'll bring you that information from the expert. So that, wow, that's, that's really the thinking behind it. That yeah. sounds fantastic. Give, give me a brag moment. What's um, looking back at your clients? And obviously, you know, there's a lot of confidentiality there and all that kind of stuff. We don't want to breach that. Sure. But give me a brag yeah. moment. Give me a, we went into this business and we, you know, we, we, when we left, they were at this point. Well, one of the coolest ones I think we went into was Culture Kings, which is a huge Australian success story. Um, and that was fairly early on in the piece. That, the CEO, if it, for, so for people who aren't aware, Culture Kings is a, you know, over 100 million rev business. Um, on its way to a billion-dollar company, there's no doubt it's going to take over the world. It's a um, fashion brand, started actually in the Gold Coast. Yeah. Um, and um, two young entrepreneurs, partners, Simon and Tani, really super impressive people, very down-to-earth, worked their butts off really and have just grown this thing to um, – just crazy heights. I've got eight flagship stores, maybe even nine now. Um, you know, 500 staff, and it's just, it's, wow. this, you know, they've got celebrity endorsements left, right, and center. They've really done well. And the CEO is just one of the most impressive people I've ever met. And still, um, with that business and that success, and they're very successful, they still have the same challenges. Wow. It's the business is key, de- key person dependent. Yeah. And if I remove myself for a few weeks, sometimes it can be really dangerous. And so, um, you know, they really wanted to solve that. And they're not shy about talking about it. They're very honest, honest, very clever, hardworking people. And, but they still had that key challenge. Yeah. Um, and so going in there and saying to them, hey, it all starts with people was, was a, a real light bulb moment. And then, you know, we've worked with them on a few things. But, you know, it's a big task for a business like that to, yeah, um, sure. to really 
unravel a key person like the CEO who started it and comes up with the strategy and the ideas and fixes the problems and, you know, um, that industry fashion moves very fast, you know. So it's a big, big ball to unravel and I think that they always sort of thought we'll never be able to do this and now they've seen the light and it's, wow. it's on its way. So that was a really proud kind of moment for us. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, but I think that the working with the smaller um, smaller businesses is so rewarding. You know, we can have someone who comes to us saying, I'm going to have to throw the towel in on the business. I don't want to, but I'm spending 90 hours yeah, at work it's killing me. and I don't have any money and yeah. I can't see my kids and my wife's annoyed or my husband's going to leave me or, yeah, you yeah. know, if I don't do something soon, um, help. You know, and for us to go, there's help. We can do this fast. Sometimes in 90 days, you know, we can make a wow. big difference. It's That's really so cool. rewarding. Do you know, yeah. like for a lot of people that have been listening, Keely, I think, you know, we, we've created this to help entrepreneurs, to help business owners, to be able to, to solve some of those challenges. As Anna, I can bet you that there's people listening to this podcast in their car right now and they're going, that's me, that's where I'm at. I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing and I'm spinning in circles. Yeah. Could, I, could I just have a 60-second challenge with you? So let's, let's say, for example, here's our premise. There's the, the business owner in the car, entrepreneur, they're driving to work right now and what you just said is resonating with them because they've just had a another sleepless night. They have no idea how they're going to do this. How would you take that person and say, okay, in 60 seconds, here's a few things that you can do when you get to the office this yeah. morning that might lay a few things out, you know, in a better way for you, in addition to, of course, calling my exec team and getting you guys involved. But what, let's see if we can help them in 60 yeah. seconds and, and give them something real. Yeah, it's hard to do in 60 seconds, but it's a good challenge. So, okay. um, but, but the thing is, is that what you really want to do first is before you sort of look for that solution is to go, okay, well, what's the actual problem here? Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes, um, like I've always been a big believer in every single problem has a solution. And if you can't find it yet, you're just not asking the right questions. And so I think we need to go back to the start and go, what's the right question to ask myself? And the question to begin with is, where are all the key areas in the business that I keep getting pulled into? So um, a good example is in marketing, uh, sorry, in sales, for example, Um, when there's a big deal to be negotiated on or a price to be negotiated on, no one's got the authority to actually negotiate. And so I always get asked and I always get pulled in for a discount or I always get put in for a bundle or a package deal when there's something a little bit out of the ordinary that needs to be included. Or in finance, um, anytime a payment needs to be made, I hold the fob for the bank account. And so they can't process that payment. You know, note all of those down in every single department in your whole business. Where do I consistently get pulled in? I.e., um, where are the key person dependencies? Wow. And we, we call them bottlenecks, right? Yeah. Where are the places where the workflow stops because it all rests on me or one key person? And once you've identified those, you've asked yourself the right question, which is what is it that's tying me up all of the time? Yeah. What is it that's causing this busy kind of scenario to occur? Um, and then it's not always just a case of about, okay, well, let's just solve those and the problem goes away. It's like, well, no, now we need to say, okay, um, why did this happen? So what I like to do in that instance, and this kind of closes off the, the challenge is um, identify those things, but then say to yourself, if I was to blame myself for these occurring, what would be the reason? 
Right. So with the sales component, is it I haven't given anyone the authority to negotiate on those. I haven't structured a tiered pricing option. With the finance, I haven't chosen people that I trust to actually run that money and just report back to me with a profit and loss or, or whatever it is. And so really blame yourself, even if it's not your fault. Blame yourself. If you had to blame yourself, what would be the reason? Wow. And that is where you'll start to find some answers as to you- how you can actually solve it. So instead of, yeah, wow, I love that. I, I, and it, yeah. you're right, even just the entry point of that was longer than 60 seconds, but, man, that's so <laughs> seriously worth it. No, man, that, that, was, that was terrific. Like, I'm just, even as you were talking, I was thinking to myself, you know, every time someone comes to you as a business owner and pulls you away from what you're trying to achieve, note it down. Okay, so I went to, you know, I had to do this, I had to do that. Like, I worked with somebody that uh, was one of my early mentors and uh, he lost it one morning when he walked in and the bins weren't empty. And I was like, right. hey, man, it's all right. You know, I'll, I'll empty the bins. And he goes, no, that's yeah. not the point. He said, because I was top sales at that point. He said, now the top, my top salesman is emptying the bins. He said, so yeah. who's the sales? Right? He said, yeah. the, everyone's doing the jobs that they've been assigned to, and that's the way that yeah. the, the machine works. So, so that's amazing, Kelly. Like, I think just being able to note that down will, will mm. solve a lot of people's Gives it clarity. Now, can I ask you something else as well? Like from this development of culture and the uh, experience that you've had there, one of the mm. phrases that gets thrown about so many times is that a business owner should work on their business, not in their business. And we've heard it yeah. a number of times. Mm. We talk about systemizing, but how mm. can a business owner work on their business? What should they actually be looking at to be fulfilling yeah. that role? Yeah, it's a really good phrase to use um, when you want to sound like you're dressing up well and playing business, but it's not always easy to do. But um, I actually don't mind the phrase, but the way I like to talk about it is you shouldn't be doing the details, but you should be across the details of what's happening in the business. Um, I think, you know, like Oprah says it really well, like write your own checks, but you don't actually have to, you know, go and get the checkbook and, you know, buy the pens and do, you know, that sort of thing. So it's, it's more about, okay, where am I getting bogged down in detail? Mm. Um, and where should I be lifting my eyes up about above the clouds for improvements in strategy and operations? Most CEOs and entrepreneurs in a business are actually operating as the business manager, operations manager, general manager. That's not to say they don't have a title of founder or CEO. It's that they're running the business. And so it doesn't allow them to focus away from operations and work on strategy. Um, And so one of the things that you can look at in the business is, okay, uh, am I best placed to be that kind of operations expert, general manager? Am I great at managing people, keeping the trains running on time? Am I great at profit and loss and forecasting and project management? Or am I better off as the strategy person, the vis- visionary who sets the direction, um, who works on culture, who is authentic and transparent to the team so they all rally around and are on board? Um, am I better at marketing and sales? Should I turn my attention there? Um, and then figure out who I need around me to fill in the gaps. And I think that when we talk about working in the details or working in your business or on your business, um, it's it's too broad of a statement to yeah. kind of apply to every entrepreneur because there are some entrepreneurs that should be a technician because that's what they want to do. They started yeah, the business. That's their love. They, they love selling boats and they want to keep selling the boats. It's like, yeah. but I just want this empire as well working around me. Well, maybe you don't need to elevate yourself out of that detail, but the other details. 
So, you know, I think you've really got to find your strength and also what do you want to do? Because you started this business for a reason. Like what yep. is it you want this to give you in your life? Yeah, absolutely. And then when you've got that, take everything else away and allocate that to other people and, and then you've got your real business, you know. I love it. Do you get the answer? When you, when you say to people, what was the reason that you started this business? Would freedom be one of the biggest reasons that you get coming back to you? Yeah, that's a huge one over the last probably four years that we've really uncovered. And it can be freedom in a whole bunch of ways. We were just talking about this the other day. It's, you know, it can be freedom, financial freedom. That's a big one. Um, Financial freedom for myself and my children. It can be um, freedom to spend more time with the family. It can be freedom from, you know, someone telling me what to do all the time. Um, You know, whatever it might be, it it really comes down to that. Like one of our reasons for starting this business is about freedom. We want to be able to work from anywhere we want. We want to be able to choose, you know, like what we do with our time and structure it our own way. If we want to work at nine o'clock at night, we do it. If we want to have the afternoon off, we do it, you know. So freedom is a is a really strong vein that runs through a lot of entrepreneurs' um, reasons. Yeah, definitely. And I, I, you mentioned before, like when you were talking about Culture Kings, that they, it, you know, so many entrepreneurs start their businesses with that goal in mind and then they get busy and they get big and their freedom yeah. just evaporates. And you're saying that one of the things that, that you guys really focus in on is that unraveling of that key personnel, making sure that the systems are in place there. Is it? Is that, a, is that a timing thing? Like as in if you're talking to a business owner, can you pretty much pick the time when they need to go through that operation? I think that the earlier you start, the better, but it, nice. it's, it's not, it's, if you've been in business for 25 years, um, it doesn't matter. It can still be done. And it's, it's absolutely um, not about anything else than understanding the process of how to unravel. Yeah. So we can have people who are deep buried in the detail. I do everything. This is so wrapped around me. Um, and it's more about when you understand where to start, then you can understand how to do it. But most people, it thinks, thinks it starts with processes and checklists and templates. And so they go off and they get someone or they start to create all these processes and checklists and templates. And then they don't understand why it doesn't work um, or why people don't adopt it. Or they give up halfway because God, that is a lot of check- checklists and templates to create. <laughs> now we've got, a, we've got a hard drive full of checklists and nobody knows even where to find them. So, it, as opposed it's to that, where, where should they focus? What should they do? So the first thing is the bottlenecks, which we talked about. You yeah, know, figuring yeah. out where it is that the key person dependencies actually exist, and th- and then we kind of park that for a while and go, okay, well, we've got that in the back of our head. Um, next, we need to look at okay, how do we be good leaders? Because if it doesn't matter how many systems or processes that you create, if your team is in turmoil or there's negativity there or if you've got churn with staff retention um, or if you don't have the right people in the right place, um, you're really going to have some problems. Mm. But first we need to actually be really good leaders and set an actual direction. I mean, the definition of a leader is someone you can follow, right? And so we've got to have a destination that we can get to. And if we know what that destination is, i.e. what does success look like for this business, six months, 12 months, six years, whatever it is, and what are the actual things we need to measure to prove that we're successful, so key metrics for the business, um, what's the plan to get there, and how does that affect every single individual in the organisation? Then we can go, okay, well, now we know the roles we need to fulfil those metrics. Mm. So we know the jobs that need to exist in the business that fulfill those company metrics that we need to measure that give us success. 
Um, and when we know the roles, we can find the right people or move the right people around to fill those roles. Then we can start managing the people towards the targets and the KPIs and, and making sure the environment is one they want to be in and want to achieve in. And then we can go to systemize the business. Yeah, because cool. you've got the right people doing the right things heading in the right direction. Now, there's probably a whole bunch of entrepreneurs listening to the show right now that are saying, well, you know, Matt, it's just me on my own. I, I want to come to those people in just a second because I know that there's a lot to talk about there as well. But if I can just sure. dig just for a little bit more, uh, when, when we're talking about a leader and that person is the one that sets the vision, sets the, the, the horizon for the company, one of the things that I think a lot of business owners struggle with is communicating that to their team and getting the buy-in yeah. of that vision to the team thinking, oh, I don't want my team to be think of me as self-serving or you know greedy or whatever. How would you approach that with a leader of business? Somebody who's got a team, they've got a vision, but they're not really communicating that to the to the team and getting their buy-in. Yeah, I, I actually am probably um, one of the few coaches or, or speakers out there that talks about. Um, you know, vision isn't what we think it is. You know, people think, oh, we've got to have this grand vision, communicate it to our people, get them on board and have them marching behind me with their fists in the air. And it's like, well, um, people have their own life and their own vision that they want to achieve. So we could either go, hey, how are you going to contribute to my vision and you fill in the gaps and tell me how you're going to get there? Or we could say, how about you spend some time because I care about you and your life vision. How about you spend some time explaining to me and thinking for yourself how this role in this career can actually fit into your life plan and your life goal? How right. can my business fit into your life goal and this job that you've got here and this career that you could have here fit into your life plan that you want to achieve? Because if your people do it through the lens of themselves and their own values and their own vision, they're much more likely to actually care about the results in the business. So wow. that's one side of it. Um, but the And I think that often businesses get into this really dangerous state where they develop vision and they develop values and they project it onto people. Mm. And it's just an mm. ideal. And I mean, I don't know about you, but when someone projects their values onto me or their rules onto me, like I'm a bit of a rebel. So, you know, yeah, uh, we just don't want that. We want our own needs fulfilled. Um, and so find a way to, to make your people's needs fulfilled. And then I think the other thing is most of the time um, as leaders, we actually fail to explain to people how important they are in the grand scheme and so it's not about hey here's this nice big shiny vision we're going to reach that's great but why are you as a very single individual so important to the greater whole as in we can't you do know, it without you this is where we're headed. Without we can't you. do it without you let's make it a, a, a yeah. journey on the way you know Really cool story from, um, like, I don't even know if this is true, but it's a great bloody story. It's about when John F. Kennedy went to NASA and he ran into two different janitors and there was one who was kind of like, they both were old guys, you know, mopping the floor, and ran into the first one and he was kind of like dejected and mopping and pretty sloppy and just not really caring, didn't look very happy, you know. He said, oh, what, what are you doing here? And the guy looked at him and said, I'm mopping the floors. I've done it for 25 years and I'll do it for 25 more. And he walked around a corner and saw another janitor who was kind of whistling and skipping and, you know, like nodding to everyone and waving. And he said to him, what are you here doing? Um, and the janitor said, I'm here to send a man to the moon. Wow. And so he understood that I was so important in such a bigger grand scheme of something. And so it wasn't about we're going to get someone to the moon. It was like, no, I'm important in that. You're right. I'm a you cop. Know? And this, yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the difference, I, I, I do believe. Yeah. So not, not so much about the everybody in a group meeting and, all right, guys, we're heading to the moon, you know, we're heading for that $100 million exit because guaranteed every single person in the room who's not the founder is going, yeah, so don't care. Yeah. Whereas if you, yeah. you're literally taking each person and making their role feel important, then you're going to be able to develop that culture, which is what we what we talked about before. Exactly. Again, I'm so conscious of your time and I, and I want to make the most of it. So I want to dig in, but I, again, I'm really conscious of the time. I mentioned that there's probably a lot of entrepreneurs that find themselves solopreneurs. So they, they, they have the idea they're starting and they're, they're everybody, right? Have, have you come across people like that? Is it, you know, do they come yeah, across? Absolutely. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. So do you know when should they bring the next person in? in mm. their growth in terms of achieving their goal. What's the point when that particular solopreneur is doing themselves a disservice by, by doing it all themselves? Yeah. There's a lot of different schools of thought here. So um, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that will tell you spend 80% of your time on sales and marketing and as soon as you can't outsource something, whether it's the sales and marketing or whether it's, you know, um, some of the technical delivery, then do that. That's great advice. Um, you know, there's some schools of thought that say um, anything that's like not your highest and best use, outsource, find a VA, you know, get that, that done. Great advice as well. But I really truly believe that unless you've got proof of concept, do not spend the money on anything. So um, if sales your business... If your business is struggling to get that, ask yourself why. It, it might not be that you need more time to spend on more Instagram posts or that you need to get someone to be doing those Instagram posts for you. It might be that your actual offering isn't proven yet yep. for you. Um, and it could be a small tweak or it could be a huge pivot. Do not tie yourself to your idea because it could end up being the thing that actually makes you struggle. Absolutely. Be really fluid and open to what the market or what, what your audience wants and needs. Um, fill that, that void for them and then you will start to see, okay, I've got this demand for for this product or this service and now I can start to go, what's my highest and best use? Are we spending 80% of our time on sales and marketing and take all that other advice in? But so until you've got through, sales coming through in. Through the offering. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So yeah, at least now, the demand. You know. I'm going to ask you a question that I, I pretty much know the answer for too, but I, I want your opinion. You're, you're my guest expert and I, I want your opinion. <laughs> if somebody's sitting there with a great idea, and they're, they're hearing you and they're saying, but how do I get that market fit, Keely? How do I find out if I've got the offer? What's going to be your answer to that question? Like if they're sitting there saying, but my widget's the best, how are you going to tell that person to go out and get the real proof of, of market fit in, the, in their yeah. own Well, if we just have to look at what's happened in our world in the last 10 years, I mean, um, do you think, you know, Facebook has had to go out there in the beginning and um, beg for sales, you know, or did Uber find it difficult? Actually, they did a little bit in the beginning, but they pivoted. Um, And then it sort of spread like wildfire. You know, it's the same thing with our business, for example. It's like we sort of went down one path to start it and we found that people wanted something slightly different and it was a quick pivot and then floodgates, you know, and I think... Um, that's really what it is that you're looking for. There's a, a statistic that goes around about, I think it was about Uber, that was something like if you can walk up to five people in your target market on the street and say, you know, here's my product. Now, if you had that, what difference would that make to your life? And they gave it a pretty good rating. But then if you said to them, if I took it away from you the next day, would that make a difference in your life? 
And if four out of five of them say, if I get that, do not take it away from me, you have the ultimate kind of product to market fit. Fantastic. Um, and so, yeah, if your audience really wants it and, and does not want it taken away once they've got it, you've, you've got something. Fantastic. But if you're not, if you're not quite there, you, you've got to massage it. And the only way to find out is to ask the market. Is that right? Yeah. You, there's, no point, there's no point shining the widget until it's gleaming. You need to get it in front of people and ask people what they think about it. Yeah, I've seen too many people just spend money on product development or service development and, and it, it's not been the right solution for what that crowd wants or what that audience wants. Yeah, guilty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm guilty. I've, I've, we've run a software company for ten years, and we nearly went under because of that exact thing. We were spending so much on on creation that we hadn't actually gone to market. So, yeah, absolutely guilty. Yeah. Thank guilty. God people can learn from you. you well, know. I hope so. I, you know, it, it cost us nearly everything as we we just kept uh, feeding the ego of I need it to be better. I need it to be better. Yeah, but going out into that marketing space, and now going through that, I can come back and, and confidently say my very best um, message to people is get your product even in its slimmest, leanest form in front of a customer and let them drive your next evolution because otherwise you're going to just invest yourself to bankruptcy and that'll be... Absolutely. Nobody wins in that case. Nobody wins. You've you've got a busy life. You've got amazing clients uh, all over the world. You're speaking on stages. Uh, What does an average day look like for you? Oh, okay. (laughs) This is good. This is good. So every day is different for one, but... um, so my partner and I are really lucky. We live in beautiful um, southeast Queensland at South Bank in Brizzy. Um, so, you know, a little bit of sunshine. I'd like to say exercise, but it's not every day, so I'm not going to pretend that's that's true. Jump in the pool, cold water, you know, something like that is always what we strive for. Um, and then it's really like planning out the days. I mean, he's much better at at that than I am I'm more of a like oh we'll just figure it out as we go and so I need that structure which is good so we kind of plan out the days and then it's it's really about okay um what's going to get us the outcome I think too many people and and he's really good at reminding me of this but too many people really just go through the motions in a day and they don't sit and think what is my ultimate outcome Mm. you don't have to map out every single thing in a list although some people operate great that way and and he does but I don't but the ultimate outcome we're trying to achieve for the day or the week or the month you absolutely have to have that clear and nailed um and so should each member of your team you know what is my ultimate outcome what am I ultimately here to achieve and if you can get really clear on that the rest of the day will unfold to fulfill that and so that's a really big part of it and and you know we might visualize or meditate on on that outcome um, both for the day, the week, and the grand scheme of life. And then it's head down, talk to clients, um, help people as much as possible, and look after ourselves. Yeah, cool. Cool. So you're, you're literally straight into it. You're with clients. You're, you're bouncing meeting to meeting um, and then, you know, wrapping it up at, at the end of the day. What's your, what's your unwind um, process? Do you have a, a right, there's a glass of wine at the end of the day and Netflix with the, with the Ugg boots on? Or, or, you know, is yeah. there something a little bit more uh, driven than that? Yeah, not big drinkers, which is good. But, um, you know, yeah, I think um, we're actually really into learning, you know, so any kind of spare time. Um, I mean, we've, we're no stranger to Netflix, but, um, <laughs> but I think learning is really important. And so, you know, I think the best way to, to, 
to teach is to learn and to learn is to teach. And so we often will watch um, podcasts and, and read and listen to audio books and just talk about really good big ideas. And Fantastic. I think, um, yeah, you surround yourself with people who do a lot more of that, then you just keep growing and learning. So that, that's the unwind. I love it. And that actually segues beautifully into my last two questions and then I'll, I will let you go and, and unwind. Um, so my last two questions, you mentioned learning as a big part. Learn, knowing what you know now, Keely, knowing what you know now, having been through the amazing experiences that you've had, if you could go back 20 years and tell yourself 20 years ago a lesson that would help you accelerate your growth forward, what would you teach that young Keely all the way back there that would help her to move through in a, in a more successful fashion? Yeah, I think in a such a good question. I think in a practical sense, um, I would say, you know, um, try a lot more things. Just back yourself and really try things and just um, keep your eyes open and, and um, you know, don't be afraid to try stuff and, and you will find a way and you will solve a problem, but risk is not so bad. So I think that that's a big one. Um, but, you know, be smart about it. I think in a um, a different vein, I would say surround yourself with the right people. I, it's a cliche, but the classics for a reason. You know, you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. So it should be very careful about who you spend your time with because that can really fast track your success. Yeah. Good advice. And my last one, you mentioned, of course, that learning is a big part of what you do. Yeah. Is there a... Uh, a book is there a media a, a, a audio program a video that you that you give to people more often than not than you say this is the one you have to read is there a book that's so well thumbed that you've you've read it a hundred times on your shelf yeah. what's the media that you go to there's so many I'm a bit of a learning junkie but um I'm a big fan of Jordan Peterson he's a human behavior specialist psychologist and he knows his stuff and so you want to be great at understanding people and getting the best out of people he's one of them um, there's also a really great book on culture called legacy it's the story of the all blacks um, and why they're such a well-functioning successful team and I think that if there's a book that you're looking for that you really want to get a great team together it talks about humility and and teaching people to be leaders by um, serving and and things like that it's a, just such a cool book to read it's very small very easy to read nice. um, no excuses that's that's probably the two places I'd go and guilty uh -huh. pleasures Joe Rogan <laughs> nice, nice, very yeah. cool, very cool. Keely, you know, it's it's amazing. When I when I have the opportunity to interview somebody who knows their stuff so well, I find myself in awe. And and, and today, to on this particular interview, I have to say I am absolutely there. I love the message that you're putting across. I can see from a mile away the passion that you have for entrepreneurs, for helping them with their businesses, and the fact that you've been through and know your stuff. So thank you so much for sharing. You're you are the co-founder of My Exec Team. People can find you on Facebook, My Exec Team Consulting. Search for that on Facebook. You'll get in touch with Keely. Follow along with herself and her partner, Andy, making sure that you've got everything together there to help you grow your team and grow your culture. Keely White, thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you so much. It's been yeah, great to no, have you fantastic. on the show. Excellent. Thanks again, hey? All right. And we'll look forward to hearing more about you in the future. Fantastic. You will. Thanks, Keely. <laughs> Cheers. Catch you later.
Hey everyone, it's Walt, and thanks so much for listening to the episodes on the podcast. We really love bringing these interviews to you, and I hope you're getting a lot out of them. We've designed the podcast to really help and to engage with everybody out there, so you could help us by simply leaving us a comment or a review, subscribing on iTunes. Head over there now, make sure you hit that subscribe button, and leave a review for us. It helps more than you could possibly believe. Do that now, and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.